they're they're really driving the narrative and and inflicting using the the power they have to inflict a lot of harm and, and bullying tactics on, on on people. And so, you know, the the reality is right now there's a lot of people that are looking around and and seeing how crazy this is. Um, and and our and you know, first and foremost, I, I think what's what's important about this is to to, to understand you aren't alone. And welcome to The Narrative. This is Center for Christian Virtue President Aaron Baer uh, here for this final wrap-up episode on woke capitalism. Flying solo today, uh, my co-host David Mahan is actually with a number of our good friends from all over the country in uh, Washington, D.C. right now uh, with uh, friends from Alliance Defending Freedom and uh, just great people um, that, that are doing incredible work um, all over this this country. Um, so David David's out there doing doing some good stuff for us, and, and I'm here to to wrap up with you uh, on what's been just a a lot of fun uh, of a season for us, a volume on on woke capitalism, diving into uh, an issue that uh, we have been um, staring at uh, for a long time at CCV, um, and and wrestling through, processing through, because this this is. As we were thinking about doing this volume, you know, this is one of those issues that's everywhere, and I, w- I want to just kind of unpack three of the lessons before uh, uh, that, that I'm taking away from this volume, um, and and thinking about where we as a church, as a, a body of believers, go from here. But before we do, uh, just news of the day. There's obviously a million things uh, going on right now. We just got uh, the. Uh, the, the perfectly named Inflation Reduction Act passed, which is going to do anything but reduce inflation. Um, but I, I want to just touch base on, on some news that, uh, that CCV was in. Um, there was a Fox News story earlier this week uh, on our first school plant. Um, some of you have heard us talk about this before in some of our earlier volumes. Um, but this, was, this is something we've been working on for a number of years at, at CCV. Uh, to, to build a model to start affordable uh, five-day-a-week in-person schools in existing church facilities. It's it's something that just, just even on paper, was like, we got to find a way to be able to do this because we got to get kids out. Um, and the grace of God, by the grace of God and a lot of incredible work from the CCV team and a bunch of pastors and believers all over uh, Columbus and really the nation, really, um, we, we commissioned our first school last week. They'll open uh, next week. Uh, it'll be a K to two school that'll grow. Um, yeah, and and you know I'll just say, sitting there at that commissioning ceremony um, with about half the kids in the school on stage praying over them, all I could think was, by the grace of God, we just snatched forty five kids out of the hand of the enemy. Um, they, they these kids were all destined to go to um, the Hilltop Public Schools, Columbus City Schools. Um, that by every regard is, is an absolute failure. Um, kids graduating high school without the ability to read, uh, the violence in these schools, the, uh, the, the abject, the unbelievable poverty in these schools is, is most folks don't have a context for it. And, and these kids will not have to go through that because the body of Christ has has stepped up and Lord willing, we'll see more of this. And, I was I was doing an interview with um, a reporter about this, and you know, it, it's so it's it's so insane. Every time we start talking about um, school choice and Christian schools, um, you know, there are obviously a handful of horrific examples of um, 
of things going badly in, in Christian schools. You know, there, there's no such thing as a perfect solution, right? Um, and, and in this one interview in particular, they brought up the, you might remember, you remember the old, uh, the, the Bishop Sycamore situation where there was, uh, you know, it, it, it really wasn't a school story because this organization called Bishop Sycamore never incorporated as a school. Um, but they said they were going to be a school and they formed a football team and they, you know, duped about 50 families into sending their kids here. Um, and within about two or three years, um, it got, was clear that it got exposed what they were doing because they somehow managed to get a game on ESPN. Um, and it all blew up and it was this, this big scandal. And, you know, she was asking me about the situation and I, I rightfully pointed it out. I said, listen, that's not a school story. They were never a school. This was a, a athlete. This was an old OSU coach that was, uh, exploiting kids. But let's say it was a school story. That was 40 kids, 50 kids, right? There's 50,000 kids, and, and mind you, Bishop Sycamore never got a dime of taxpayer money either. There's 50,000 kids in Columbus City Schools alone, right? And so many of those kids, the, the, the vast majority of them are graduating ill-prepared. 74% of them were chronically absentee last school year, um, or two school years ago. Uh, and you know, so many of these kids are, are, are graduating without the ability to read, without basic skills, and we've just accepted it. Mind you, every one of these kids, by the time they graduate, we've spent over $260,000 as taxpayers on their education. Uh, and, and we just accept the, the, the awful work being done through these schools. And that's, again, if you're hearing this and you're getting offended, but, oh, there's some good people in those schools. Okay, I don't, I, I, quite frankly, I'm not concerned about hurting their feelings anymore. These kids are being so absolutely failed that if you want me to be nice to not hurt an adult's feelings and ignore what's happening to a kid, there's something wrong with you. Like we have to, we have to actually get focused on what matters. And this was just my frustration with this reporter, which was, you know, she's like, Oh, well, what happens if something goes wrong? L listen, something could go. And if we start hundreds of these schools, the, the odds are at some point something's going to go wrong um, in, in, in a kid's life. But it will be far better off for the vast majority of these kids if we get them out of the public schools uh, because these schools are so broken. I, and I'm not even, I haven't even got into the moral failings, the, the CRT, the LGBT stuff being pushed in these schools. Um, you know, it, it, is, it is absolutely unacceptable uh, that we have come to accept the failures in these schools and it's about time we do something about it. So um, you could go check out those stories. Uh, Christian Post just just wrote something about the school. Fox had something. The NPR station had something on it. Um, it was it was it's been pretty amazing. Uh, the, the people that are involved in the school are, are fantastic. And I'll say the goal of this is we want to on on every corner you see a church we want to see a school. So if your church wants to do something like this, we want to know. We want to connect with you, uh, and we want to make this dream uh, a reality where you are. Um, but let's get to let's get to woke capitalism. Let's get to this volume um, and and the conversations we had. You know, thinking through kicking it off with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, talking to my buddy Joel Berry. Uh, at uh, at the Babylon Bee, uh, Terry Schilling over American Principles Project about how uh, you know woke capitalism has has completely shifted the political dynamics. Uh, Dr. Van Mole about how woke capitalism has impacted medicine. Um, you know, I think the as, as I was kind of thinking through, what are the big three takeaways I'm going to have from this volume? Uh, it, there's it starts first and foremost with that this 
issue that that the issue of woke capitalism and when I again when I say woke capitalism I mean uh, Fortune 500 companies and chambers of commerce and corporate America broadly let's just say that corporate America broadly um, putting woke ideology over their own self uh, interests and capitalistic interests right so uh, this is where where companies are actually doing things that are that could be um, and many times are contrary to their own financial interests in order to drive a woke and religious agenda, uh, 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 you know, th- that they hold, I, I say religious agenda, they, they hold this dogma with, with religious fervor. You know, I, I'll say, as I was thinking about it, yeah, this, this season in particular almost matches up really, per- it matches up perfectly with the uh, whole volume we did on Marxism. Um, because when you when you really understand the way Marxism works, uh, and you understand the the foothold it has in our country right now, you can you see why corporate America has become uh, has succumbed to to this woke capitalistic mindset. And so as as we're thinking through uh, this volume and 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 unpacking the narratives all around, there three key lessons uh, really jumped out to me, or, or takeaways I should say jumped out to me. You know, first and foremost that this is everywhere. You know, the, 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 the way that um, woke capitalism is impacting culture, um, is impacting uh, the, the, the world around us. It, there's, there's really not a sector of society right now that's not being impacted by corporate America's hard shift left. I, it actually reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from uh, theologian Abraham Kuyper that, that he said, you know, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is Lord over all, does not exclaim mine. And I just love that. You know, that's a, that's a philosophy at CCV that we've, one of the reasons we changed our name to Center for Christian Virtue is they listen, all of this, everything we do is for the glory of God. In the same way, Marxists have that same mindset, right? Um, and, and corporate America uh, is, is living out that mindset right now um, and leveraging the, the economic power they have um, and the power they have over their employees and their customers uh, to drive a, a leftist agenda, a, a leftist political view of the world. Um, and so that, you know, thinking about the conversations we had with, with Dr. Van Mole um, and understanding the unbelievable pressure doctors are under right now um, to advance this woke medicine. And and this is more than just, uh, the reason why we included that interview in particular in this series is it's not just about uh, the fact that, you know, wokeism is in uh, the medical field. There's, there is a capital, there, there's a, there is a, uh, an economic side of this, you know, where they're leveraging uh, their financial powers, hospitals and pharmaceutical companies. Um, and they're also making money uh, off the backs of, you know, kids that they're sterilizing for life. Um, and, you know, we, again, we see how they, so they leverage this in, um, in, in medicine. They leverage this in the, the, the business side, the economic side of education, uh, you know, implementing these ESG policies through HR departments and, um, and, and legal departments is, is massive. Uh, and and then again, like for any of you out there that work in corporate America, I was just talking with uh, an engineer uh, last week, a friend of mine that's that's an engineer supporter of CCV, uh, and he was telling me about uh, they had a corporate man. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who's been working in this field for over probably 30, 40 years. Uh, has been has been really successful, um, both for himself but also for his company, obviously. 
Um, and he was telling how a memo just went around instructing all of their employees to use uh, the pronouns they, them for one of their, their coworkers, instructing their employees to lie. Um, and, and this is something we're seeing everywhere. There, there, there's, there's very few um, large companies today that aren't seeing this. And, and it's, it's one of these things that we need to talk about, it, that we encourage. We want to see more pastors and churches talking about this primarily because this is the real-life stuff people are dealing with. How should we think about this? How should we uh, respond to it, you know? Um, you know, should, should, if your employer is forcing you to use preferred pronouns, should you do it? And I'll say, I would say no. Uh, that's a, a, a baseline going back to our Marxism podcast and, and thinking about, uh, Rod Dreher's book, live not by lies that comes from a, a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, um, and the importance of, Hey, listen, we might not be able to stop, uh, P Procter and Gamble or, uh, nationwide or, or any of these, you know, you name the, the corporation, um, from from going completely woke and, and selling their souls. But we can just say we're not going along with it. So that's the, you know, and, and then I'll say the, the conversation we had with Vivek, uh, if you didn't catch that episode, you got to go back and listen to it. Uh, you know, that the, the, the pervasiveness of this, this mindset through corporate America into our foreign policy, uh, into the global scale is just, um, unbelievable. Uh, that, that was such a, a an eye opening conversation. Um, uh, so that's the first one. It's everywhere. Um, the second part of it though, um, I hope is a little encouraging, which is if you're looking around at this and saying, this is crazy, you're not alone, right? You're, you're lots of people are looking at this and, and you're seeing, you know, again, this is a, a part of the, the conversation I was, I was just having, um, the other day we talked about this in the bonus episode we did last week. Uh, about the the New Yorker story, um, you know, and and the whole framing that Jane Mayer used in that story was how far uh, right Ohio has gone, and the reality is, it's how far left uh, the the Democratic Party has gone, and 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 really this sort of elite academic portion of society that's driving this, right? Um, they're they're really driving the narrative and and inflicting using the the power they have to inflict a lot of harm and, and bullying tactics on. on on people, and so, you know, the the reality is right now there's a lot of people that are looking around and and seeing how crazy this is, um, and and our, and you know, first and foremost, I think what's what's important about this is to to, to understand you aren't alone, and if you speak up, I, this was the conversation I was having with this this engineer friend of mine uh, earlier this week was you know one. Be willing to, you know, count the cost, be willing of what's coming your way. But I, I guarantee you there's other people that saw that memo that are are wishing somebody would speak up. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of times it just takes one. Now, a lot of times I've seen it too where where uh, everyone's patting each other on the back saying we're going to do something about this. And then the one speaks up and everybody runs for cover. Uh, that That's that's equally a possibility. Um, but. But the reality is right now, other there are people uh, that are, you might not even realize that are looking at this in your company, in your church, in your school, in your hospital, whatever you are, that see it and, and recognize how crazy it is. And at least for now, I, I still believe we have the numbers of, of just baseline of, of more people saying this is wrong. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be pursuing ESG policies and forsaking our, our, our shareholders in order to appease some stakeholders, right? Um, and and doing things that are contrary to the to our own economic benefit and serving our customers in order to advance a political agenda. Um, so there there is a real sense right now that that we aren't alone. But the the 
the third lesson, the third takeaway I've got from this though is it's nothing's going to get better unless we do something about this. This is not going to go away unless we actively take it on. Um, and hear me out, actively taking it on is not posting on social media. Like, don't get me wrong, talk about it, share this stuff, help educate people, uh, but be willing to, to speak out. That was why we wanted to do that episode uh, with, with you know, Matt and, and Sam talking about uh, the Christian business partnership. And, and you know, one of the things we, we launched at, at CCV, and I, I, this is not an ad for the Christian business partnership, by all means, we, we'd love for you to join, love for you to get connected, all that kind of good stuff. But what I what I want to I want to talk about that just for a second because I think a lot of times with problems like this, and I would say the problems in the public schools is another example of it. You know, ostensibly, what our strategy comes out to is just a hope and a prayer that it's going to work itself out, right? Because the problem either seems too big to do something about, um, or uh, we don't know where to go, right? We don't know what to do, um, and. And my my thing with this is that you know the the fervor of the left is is you know it, it's so um, it's so deep it's so uh, ingrained in them they're not going to stop uh, and it's only going to get harder the longer we wait to do something about it that was you know when, when we formed the Christian Business Partnership when I first floated this idea to my board they asked why are we forming a a, a chamber of commerce. Uh, and I said two things, you know, first and foremost, where the chambers of commerce have gone, where corporate America has gone, literally as I'm, I'm, um, recording this, I'm looking out our window and I see the, the massive nationwide insurance tower in downtown Columbus. Um, you know, where these, these people have gone, uh, it has made them one of our biggest, uh, political, uh, opponents uh, out there right now that, you know, I'm used to having to take on Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and all their nonsense. But now corporate America is opposing us on things like, hey, don't cut off the breasts of a 14-year-old, right? Um, and so so that that aspect alone is, is worth doing it. But the other side of it is we were looking around and saying, well, nobody else is going to do this. And nobody else is in a position to do this. And everyone kind of acknowledges this is this is needed, but but nobody's doing anything about it. And and this is, guys, I, I'm, I'm telling you, um, when, when we're looking at these problems and you dive deep into them and you understand how systematic they are, how wide they are, how, how sweeping they are, um, and, and you see, you know, you understand that both now there's, there's financial interests in them doing this, um, they're, there's, they're, and they're training up the next generation of workers and CEOs and executives that this is what, this is what it means to lead a company, this is what it means to, to do this work. Um, they're changing culture through this, right? Um, if if we don't get active in fighting against it, whether that's joining something like Christian Business Partnership or just in the, the business that you work at or the business that you own saying, we're not going down this path. We're not going to have a DEI policy because that's nonsense, right? We're not going to be implementing an ESG policy. And if that means that you're going to protest us, I got to tell you, I know... A handful of the folks that are are, you know, getting attacked by um, the media because they don't go along with the uh, human rights campaigns equality index, right? We had uh, Jeremy Tedesco on uh, from ADF talking about the HRC equality index and the, the the religious freedom index that they've put together in response. But 
you know, a, a lot of these folks, they're, they're terrified of if I don't have a good score on the HRC um, equality index, uh, we're going to be, we're just going to be lambasted in the press and we're going to be so hurt. Uh, and, you know, they were right. They were lambasted in the press. But guess what? It, it hasn't hurt their bottom line. Consumers actually don't care. And if, if you're just willing to endure some of that scrutiny, I, I'll, t- you know, I know it doesn't feel good to be called a bigot in the press. Uh, but if you know in your heart of hearts and if you are, if you care about first and foremost what the Lord thinks of you, you can endure that stuff. And, and it's, that's the, the, the baseline on it is it's not going to get easier to endure. Um, and the longer we wait to take it on, the harder it's going to get. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say, um, those are the, the three main things I'm taking away from this, this season. It's been so much fun, uh, going through this with you. Um, I'll, I'll say we have been blessed, uh, by the feedback we're getting from folks. If you've enjoyed, uh, this, this volume, let us know, uh, reach out to us. Uh, th- th- that type of encouragement means a lot. Again, leave a, leave a review, give a five-star rating, uh, wherever you get your, uh, your podcast from on Apple podcasts or anywhere else. Those things really help us, uh, reach more folks. Um, we'll be, we're going to do a, a, a poll and this is going to be news to, to Grace Rose sitting behind me right now. We're going to do a poll on what we want to do, uh, next season. We'll, we'll send an email out. If you don't get our emails, just go to ccv.org, uh, and sign up there. Uh, but we're going to do a poll on on what should our next season be on. Uh, I, I really, I'm, I've got a few ideas I'm kicking around. I, I'm not going to say what those are because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to taint the poll here. You know, and we, we we're big believers in polling here. Uh, but uh, would love to get your thoughts on on what what we should cover next in the next season of the narrative. Um, again, I want to thank uh, my our good friend uh, Vince Tornero uh, at Western Media for for production of the pod. Uh, if you uh, have any uh, media needs, graphic design, multimedia, be sure to check out Western Media. Can't can't recommend them highly enough. Uh, grateful to to Grace and Claire uh, and my co-host David uh, for uh, for all they do to, to make this podcast go. Especially grateful to all our guests. Obviously, uh, grateful to to Jesus for giving us the opportunity to. Uh, engage in these conversations uh, and looking forward to being back with you next time here on The Narrative.